This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hi, this is Kat Hunter, class of 22 Women Hunt graduate, and you're listening to Impact Outdoors podcast. I think when it comes to the women's side, I think it's intimidation a lot. Um, and I know Chester spoke about it last night, giving time and time is love. And I think that plays a big, huge role because I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to do. Like I had friends that hunted, but do I really want to ask them? Like that's their time. That's, you know, they're not going to want to take me along, but I think people being more open to bringing people under their wing and, and helping them and showing them and I think that that's a big part of it because I didn't grow up hunting um I wish I would have started when I was knee high to a grasshopper and had all this experience under my belt but I'm just soaking in the information I get now and hungry to learn and the connection and there's so much disconnect with as much as I hate social media but it is such a great platform a lot of people are on their electronics and indoors and not taking time to enjoy things outside. Welcome back to this week's episode, Impact Outdoors, and we're here with another episode recorded live at the 2023 Hunt Fish Podcast Summit up at the Warren Ranch. And on this week's episode, we have my good friend, Kat Hunter, who, you know, just in the last several years has really gotten into the hunting scene and she was able to be a part of the Women Hunt program last year, graduating from the, the class in 2022. And if you guys remember last year at the summit, we were honored to have Renee Thornton, who um, was instrumental in getting that program started and with the, you know, with the Wild Sheep Foundation. And if you haven't listened to her episode that we did, go back and check that one out as well. I'll link it in the show notes for this one. But um, this is a great episode, getting to chat with Kat from here in Texas and uh, her experiences um, getting into the hunting world um, later in life and 
and what's that, what that has meant to her and all the great things that have come out of just taking that leap of faith and getting into something that she you know, had never done before. So really excited to get this episode out to you guys. So let's get right to it. But first, a word from our sponsors. This episode was recorded live at the 2023 Hunt Fish Podcast Summit. Podcasters and guests from across the country come together to talk about their passions for hunting, fishing, and conservation. This year's summit is brought to you by Waypoint TV, Ron Hoover Marine of Galveston, Spot Stalker Guide Service, the Wild Sheep Foundation, Galveston Fishing Company, Captain Experiences, and Badger Claw Outfitters. Back here with another episode uh, here at Impact Outdoors. We're at the Warren Ranch and at the Huntfish Podcast Summit, and I'm super excited. I mean, I just met you a couple months ago. Yeah. I'd heard about you through through mutual friend Chester Moore um, and, and Renee with the Women Hunt Program, but I've got Cat Hunter here from Katy, Texas. Katy, Texas. And um, really, really glad to have you here and share your story. And this is really cool. And I, I was. Um, kind of like messaging Renee about this earlier in, in gray as well with the wild sheep foundation, how this last year they were both here talking yep. about these amazing programs and, and we're kind of coming full circle this year, yeah. having you here talk about it from the other side and what, what the women hunt program has done for you personally and, and the opportunities that it's opened, which I know you've gotten to do a lot of cool stuff after it. Really know. cool stuff. Yeah. And so kind of just, Dive in, tell us a little bit about who you are, why you wanted to get into hunting, and how you found Women Hunt, what that program is all about and stuff. Okay. So, like you said, I'm from Katy, Houston. Very big, booming city. Um, We grew up, Grandpa would take us on trips all across the U.S. in a van and drive, and we would camp in the summers with my parents or go to Galveston or fish with my dad. Um, but hunting was never a thing that was for the boys. We never talked about hunting, never had a chance to experience it. Um, but I, I've always loved the outdoors, anything outside. Love it. Um, in 2019, I found myself with an opportunity to work for an outfitter who introduced me to so many great things at the time. I didn't even know the difference between a whitetail mule deer. Didn't know there was an axis. Couldn't even describe what an odd dad was. Right. Um, so had a chance to run social media and then eventually started to tag along on all the hunts. A lot of spot and stock, a lot of experience. That had to be exciting. It <laughs> was wild. <laughs> I sat in with my 12-year-old. She, it was COVID year. She was, we took a field trip. Uh, we sat between three herds of axis. And if you've ever been on an axis hunt, you know how vocal they are, mm-hmm. like elk. Totally blew my mind. Like, Texas is great. Um, I'll that, second that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> it is. Don't leave. Um, but after that opportunity um, stopped, I found myself um, craving the outdoors and wanting to hunt on my own. Didn't know where to start. Um, so on my own, I became a member, a member of the um, Wild Sheep Foundation with a dual mm-hmm. membership with Texas Bighorn Society. Because when I was working with the Outfitter, we had the chance to go to the work projects. Oh, wow. So I went on three separate work projects, put boots on the ground and hands on the guzzlers and helped where I could. Um, but I wanted to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was the first step I could to get into it. Because I didn't know how to get into hunting or conservation or things like that. 
And then an email came through about this program to apply. It was the last day the application was due. <laughs> due by 11.59 p.m. 10 p.m. I sit on my couch with a glass of wine and say, you know what? What do I have to lose? I'm going to fill it out. And this was an application. It wasn't like name, location, shoe size. It, it, very thought-provoking questions. Mm-hmm. So I took time, filled it out, kind of answered the questions, told my story, and got an email a few months later saying I was selected. And That had to make you feel pretty cool. Nobody knew I had filled out an application. I didn't yeah. talk about it. I just did it on my own. They had posted it on Instagram. I'm at work. I work in a in a real estate office, and I'm screaming in the kitchen, and people are wondering, like, what's wrong with this chick? And I had to tell him. I said, I signed up for this thing. I got selected. And I didn't really know much about it. There, I tried to do a little research about what the course entailed and what it was, and there was a little bit of information, but not a lot. So I was just over the moon, and it has been full force since then. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. And, like, you talk about the application process, you know, um, what, what was that really like? Like, you know, you had questions where you just like writing short, like essay type things on the application. It, it was like a paragraph yeah, or two, yeah. more than, more than two sentences. Yeah. Um, but they asked, you know, what were your thoughts on conservation? What do you know about the North American model? And honestly, I can't remember all the questions and I wish I s- had saved my application to know what I said or what I talked about or what, what made them choose me, but it's a blind blind assessment they take out all your identifying factors there was uh i think 60 applications for the 2022 Mm -hmm. year and i was one of 12 selected Mm -hmm. and it is such an incredible intense all-inclusive kind of learning experience yeah and where did this take place at so we met at the minger hotel in san antonio for a meet and greet um for the first night got to meet everybody who was going to be there um which was really weird. We had started a WhatsApp group, all the, all the girls and Renee. And so we had chatted a little bit back and mm-hmm. forth. So when we got to San Antonio, it was like, we all kind of knew each like other. Knew each other yeah. a little bit. There were, yeah. there were three from Canada. The rest were from uh, the States. Chester showed up, got to meet that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Gray was there. Renee was there. Um, representatives from the ranch. So after that, we head to the FTW, which is in the Hill country and they run a phenomenal new hunter course program and they partnered with the wild sheep foundation and women hunt to include um talk about conservation um but their new hunter program goes everything from rifle skills optics field training you have a chance to hunt a doe like they give you everything yeah and y'all did like Y'all went the whole gamut of hunting. Like, y'all did processing, too? Yeah. And, chef and Josh was there. Stuff. Worked with a professional chef who was very passionate and knowledgeable about wild game. Showed us how to make sausage and how to do our different cuts. Um, he is a resource that is incredible. He says, if you have any questions, call me. Text me. Let me know. Yeah. Um, but he moves it beyond chili and jerky and, you know, normal mm-hmm. things you think of when you talk about wild game. And he elevates it. And it was so intense we left with so much knowledge Mm -hmm. but i think you know programs like this like you talk about that with so much hands-on experience like that's why they're successful because you're going to remember yeah that experience and want to continue doing that right and stuff and i mean we're we're all the um 
all the participants. I know this is this is what the second class, I believe. Second, we were the second class. Um, you know, were they kind of in the same boat as you were coming in, just really green and just looking f- to learn to have somebody like mentor them on how to do this? Because it seems like that is a recurring theme in almost every podcast that's been recorded at this summit the past three years yep. is the idea of mentorship. Yes, and that was a huge thing um, with the program as well. They paired us up, <clears throat> excuse me, with a mentor of um, the chapter that was closest to us. So luckily, being in Texas, we have the Texas Bighorn Society, but they pair you with a mentor. Um, and of the 12 of us, we ranged from mid-20s to 60. There were biology students. There was a PhD. There was um, a lobbyist. There's me that, you know, I'm all over the map, just a, you know, yeah. stay single mom kind of thing. But we all had different reasons of why we wanted to be there. Um but with a common goal and it was insane. Mm-hmm. So when you agree to, to accept your invitation for this, you're tasked with giving back. So because we're so widely diverse, giving back looks different for each of us. Right. So luckily for me, I had the pleasure of talking with Chester and we're, I've shown lots of interest in his foundation and what he does and how he gives back to children who mm-hmm. may not otherwise be in the wildlife because I think it's so important it is we're so disconnected yeah absolutely and that you know Chester does such a great job of that with all the different things he does um and hanging around him rubs off on people oh in a good way yeah because I know you were um like you've done a podcast with him already and then didn't y'all do some stuff for the magazine we did well yep you know and um and that kind of boosts your confidence in wanting to do more of that, you know, like this thing. Because you was like, I've never done anything like this when we met. And I was like, well, I was like, this would be a good opportunity to really spread the message to thousands of people. Yeah. And, um, and, and I don't know, podcasts are a cool way to do that just because they're so laid back. And they are very Not cool. like on a radio show, you know, like when I call in the Chester show or, or I was on another radio show this morning talking about the summit. And, uh, you know, it's like you got – a couple minutes to yep. get your point across yep. and it's like oh but don't screw up and, <laughs> it's and like, you know, just. to be such a new hunter I have so much hunger and I want to talk about it all the time yeah. and it's not just about hunting it's about conservation and and sharing it and passing it on mm-hmm. and I just like I want everybody to have the same hunger that I do for it so if anybody wants to listen to me talk I am there talking right <laughs> So what is, I met, is it your daughter, right, at the, yep. the Houston yep. Safari Club show? Yeah. What does she think about this journey you've been on? Uh, she's jealous. She's very jealous, and she loves it. She loves it. So when we were working for the outfitter, she had got to experience a lot of the ranches yeah. and animals and wildlife, and she is ready for, she wants to hunt herself. Yeah. So That's I can great. confidently say, Mom can teach you. I don't have to outsource it to somebody, which mm-hmm. it may be a little harder because, you know, a spouse trying to teach a partner or a parent trying to always teach a listen kid. as well they don't listen as well yeah yeah luckily like like my boy retains everything even though he doesn't act like he listens to anything <laughs> you say my daughter on the other hand and, and we were talking about this earlier is like um girls just listen better like they they get it it's like yeah my boy's just like bouncing off the walls all the time so um that's that's really cool and that's one you know renee and i talked about this last year it's just 
providing opportunities for people. I mean, mm-hmm. she, you know, she talked about her journey, you know, and a late onset hunter and stuff. And I was the same way. I didn't start hunting until I was mid twenties, like 24 or something like that. Really? When I really got into it. You know, I was around people that did it back home, but never had anybody that offered to take me or yeah. whatever. I, I fished in, in the, um, when I got into it down here, I, I knew I was kind of screwed cause, um, I loved it. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's a whole nother thing I'm going to go down and get into now. And, um, and, and I've really kind of like, like you, like you're in a mode, like you want to get all this knowledge and, and, and share it and stuff. And so I've been doing a lot of the similar stuff, like giving back to kids through whether it's NWTF, like Jake's events or, um, with the brigades program, stuff like that. So it, it makes you feel good, but it, you know, uh, you're, you're you're passing that on to somebody mm-hmm. else and being so new, like you're so energetic about it. And when you do something for so long, like, you know, over time, you know, eventually it's going to like the, I think if you ever lose the excitement level completely, it's just gone, but there's like different um, phases you go through as a hunter over the years. <laughs> like, and, and I can attest to, I can attest to, to being through that. And, and you probably will too. In, in 10 years, you know, it's like, man, I really want to harvest a deer and I you know, really want to shoot. It's like I could fill all my tags this year um, to the conservation side mm-hmm. where, you know, you're focused on management and, and trophy trophy hunting or or just taking mature animals, stuff like that, to now, I mean, me and Troy were talking about, it's like we don't even care if we shoot anything anymore. It's right. like it's all about the kids, Yep. you know. So um, it's cool seeing all the different stories from everybody's different journeys because they're all a little bit different. Oh, tons. So lots of lots of variety. Excuse um, me. <clears throat> what is your what does your family think? Cause, you know, you said like like it was just a thing for the boys when I was growing up. Nobody really said. Like, are they like you're they're hunting super now? duper proud? Like, who are you? <laughs> so they're super excited. Um, my fiance likes duck hunting. He's never mm-hmm. really like big game hunted, so he's thrilled at the at the opportunities I've been afforded. Yeah. So after women hunt, I, um, Lone Star Outdoor News Foundation reached out and wanted to offer me a whitetail buck hunt. So, so me and one of the other girls got to go up to central Texas and we're very successful. One shot. Yep. Nice. That's really cool. And I think, um, y'all had went up to, uh, you went and helped at the sheep show this year, didn't you? Talk was about that? conservation I was hoping to efforts. go. I thought I was going to be able to go to the sheep show this year and, and just couldn't. Chester was, like, sending me pictures every day. I was like, damn you. It's like, I want to be there. To be able <laughs> – Women Hunt was represented with a booth this year on the convention floor. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was so – I was so excited to be in that booth and represent Women Hunt and talk to people. And anybody who would listen, I would tell them about the program, how mm-hmm. great it was, how we're working to put – you know, help women on their journeys in the mountains and the fields. And it was phenomenal. And then at night during the banquets and the auctions to see so many people in this huge banquet room, so passionate about wild sheep yeah, blows your mind, blows your mind. Just the, the funds they raise and the passion and every, you can go in and talk to anybody and everybody. It is so, it's cool. It's cool. Well, Another cool thing we got here at some this year is we've got Sam Cunningham here. Yeah. Who's the president of Texas Bighorn yep. Society. Um, super excited to get to talk to him more today. Um, but, 
you know, they just finished up their work project for, for this And I this missed spring. it because it was the weekend right before yeah, this. Yeah, and, and, uh, and he was so excited because he's like, man, we're going to be doing all our guzzler project and stuff, and I'll just be getting back from that and be able to tell, talk about that. And, but you said you've been going to these for the past few years. What, what, is, what is that like, and, and, and how do people get involved with something like that? So you have to be a member to attend the work project. Um, it is a well-oiled machine. There are people with welding machines and, and people who bring the steel and the tanks and everything is flown into these remote spots on the mountain by helicopter. Mm -hmm. They send you on helicopter to the work site. I don't know how to work a welding machine, but I can hold down some tin while they yeah. screw it in. I can use some tools and just being out there, seeing them construct this in the middle of the mountain that nobody else would have business being on because it's on a lot of the times it's on a, a management area mm -hmm. or a private ranch. Right. When would I ever get to be out there and give back yeah. and do something so great, not only for the sheep, because it, it slowly trickles down, right? It helps other wildlife with water mm -hmm. and it's, it's so cool. So join Find a, a conservation group you want to be hands-on with. Research what they're doing. Yeah. Take time out. Like, I talked to Sam this morning. He said, I, I, miss, I told him, I said, I missed the work project this year. He's like, I know, we missed you out there. It's always the second <laughs> week of spring break. I'm like, ah, oh, I know. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I would like to go out there and do that next year if I can make it. So hopefully this won't be scheduled, like, back-to-back. -back. Yeah, if not, we're going together. We're just going to carpool because yeah. it is an incredible, like, I'm telling you, the way they get it on the mountain, get it erected, get it put together is so cool. And these are basically these guzzlers. Like most people probably never heard of what this is. So what is it? What are they What are they building out there? For so the there's sheep? like a big metal structure that like corrugated tin. I don't know if that's the right word, but it goes on top. It's, it's at a slight angle. So when rain comes down, it'll funnel it down to um, a pipe. The pipe leads to two of those big... Um, water storage tanks mm, like a cistern or something like that like a mm -hmm. you know, big storage mm -hmm. and then from the tanks you have pipes that'll go out to drinkers so there'll be little boxes close to the <clears> ground <throat> you know with a little toilet valve in it that regulates the water yeah um, and it'll go out with usually two drinkers hmm. where, where the wildlife can have they ever said how, like, how fast they see Evident. I'm assuming they're putting cameras or something on here to take. There I've are, seen some pictures. Yeah, there are some, some pictures and cameras. I don't. I don't know anything about the rate. That'd uh, be a Sam question. That would, that would have. To, I mean, I imagine th they're probably looking for this pretty regularly and, and yeah. see something new. They're probably going right to yeah. it. Yeah. So, I know with like anything, like doing like turkey conservation projects and stuff. Like, we were on a youth trip. Um, with NWTF uh, three or four years ago, and they were actually doing a prescribed burn mm -hmm. on the WMA while we were there. Mm. And so we got to take the kids over there and see this. And literally, as this is burning, and they're moving down the line with their drip torches and stuff, um, literally like 30 minutes after the fire went through, these turkeys are coming right back in there and eating all the everything on bugs the yeah. and everything they can find that, that, were, that died in the fire. And... Um, it's crazy how fast that wildlife adapts knows and, and knows and just yeah. what to do. I mean, mm -hmm. it's incredible. Um, I mean, their feet are probably getting burnt and they're walking. I know. <laughs> and it's, it's, I didn't even think about it, but one of the first years I went on, we, I got to be in the group that we just hopped around each site to see what needed to be repaired. Mm -hmm. Well, one of them, the PVC had been dug out like by a knife by people crossing illegally. And I was just like, Mind blown, like 
don't, it didn't even think about that. Yeah. But instead of using where the water already comes out, they try to get it from the pipe and ruin the whole thing. Yeah. And had that kept running, no water for the wildlife. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be human interactions that yeah. are, they're messing up what yeah. we're trying to put, put in to give back. But, um, that's, and that's probably going to be a, a, a bigger issue. I mean, the whole border situation right now is just insane. Yeah. And, that's a whole nother podcast show. Yeah, I know. And I'm just, man, I've got, I've got people that live down in South Texas that have land down there that hunt and stuff. And like, he's like, I've got to where I just leave, I leave food and water outside. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're not vandalizing stuff when they come through yeah. and, and most time they'll just take it and go, go on their way. Yeah. But, um, facts of today is just it's going to happen more and more and right who knows when if it's ever going to end but um but yeah but there's i mean there's also always stuff like that um going on um wild sheep foundation has done so many cool things and stuff yes Have, are you wanting to go hunt a, a ram somewhere i mean is that on your bucket list like what is cat's list now like you've got white tail i got a white tail under the belt yeah yeah so a wild sheep would definitely be on my list. Um, it probably will not ever match with my pocketbook. Never know. So, but hey, they have join the less, the, under one, the the less, less than one, one club. club. I definitely joined. Yes. That was a good uh, $20 <laughs> spent. They, they raffle off four sheep hunts, you mm-hmm. know? So there's always hope. Yeah. So have you Ibex got to. Ibex would be awesome. Ibex, man. Yeah, that would be cool. I've been, I've been lucky. I've got a black buck. Uh, I've shot a couple black buck and I've got, um. And, and Axis, which was... I would... I mean, Axis, if you live in Texas, like, Axis... They're everywhere. Like, they're all over the hill country now, except for my deer lease. Um, <laughs> there's, like, a, an invisible fence around it. Where just they says, just stop. Don't come in don't here enter. or you're not going to leave um, because you are really tasty and very pretty to and look very at. Pretty. And and, um, and And they are excellent. Um, but uh, they're so, like, majestic looking oh out in the wild if you've never seen one. They are um, incre- and very vocal. They're very, very vocal. And you... And you can hunt them 24-7 mm-hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. And they're not like whitetail. Like, they'll be out in the middle of the day grazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's what they do. Um, so, but th- those are cool. I mean, there's Access so many cool is definitely things. on my list. But if we're talking, like, big things, I would definitely go for a doll sheep. Doll, yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Any of the sheep, really. Yeah. They're really cool. I can't wait to get out to, and I'm going to talk to Sam about it later. It's like, I want to get out there. And Chester's like, we need to go. It's like, I want to go see some in Texas, some bighorns. Yeah. I mean, that would just be unbelievable seeing something like that here. Um, I've seen lots of Audad on the mountain. Yeah. We did a lot of Audad hunting in West Texas, and I didn't even know, like I said, didn't even know what that was before I started working for the outfitter. That was a really, really cool hunt. Yeah, those it's are sheep some, hunting. Yeah, I mean, they are huge. They don't look that big no. from a distance, Mm-mm. but I've been around a couple that were harvested and i mean those things are solid they're all muscle i mean just like the ram i mean yeah. it's just like you said um but they're they get enormous and how cool is it that we have cool stuff like that in texas yeah i didn't ever see that growing up in oklahoma hey oklahoma so, has all dad now yeah they've got a lot of stuff now <laughs> that they didn't have back when i was there at least that i know of i mean they've got black bear coming out all over the mm-hmm. place elk on both sides of the state now um and uh, it's, it's been pretty cool to see the transgression in the sport of hunting up there and what, right. what they're able to do. And and uh, we got Todd here to talk about all that stuff from, from the wildlife department up there. So, um, But 
So what's your – do you have goals going into next year, next year's seasons? Like um, have you got plans for, for stuff coming up? I don't have any planned hunts, but I do want to finally take the time to sit down with my 12-year-old and introduce mm-hmm. her to – she's had some rifle training, but I want to – I want her and I to be able to say we did it together. Yeah, we're we're girls and we did it. That'd, so that'd be fun. I, I haven't figured out how to facilitate that yet, but that is a goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet she'll get a kick out of that too. Oh yeah, <laughs> she wants to be a veterinarian, but she loves everything outdoors and hunting and animals and. That's she's what pretty my spunky. daughter says she wants to be right now. She wants to be a vet. And I'm like, well, like you love animals and you're around them all the time. Uh-huh. So get ready um, for lots of school. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> never know. You never know what's, what's going to lead yeah. you down. I mean, um, you know, when I when I was growing up, like I wanted to be a game warden or law enforcement type thing. Yeah. And um, and when I got into college, that all changed for the most part. I wanted to do more research stuff. Yeah. And maybe she'll change and want to be a biologist and that would still be awesome. Yeah. Yep, you don't get paid a lot, but it's fun work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes passion doesn't pay the bills. No, it doesn't, but um, it's it's it means a lot to me from what I've been able to do. Yeah. Since you know I've been in this field and stuff and and everything. So, but um, where um, before we get on some other stuff, like where can people go to find out about the Women Hunt Program? So if they're on Instagram, there's an Instagram page, uh, women underscore hunt, I believe. There's a Facebook page. You can go directly to the wildsheep.org, uh, wildsheepfoundation.org website, mm-hmm. and there's links to. You remember when the applications go out? I in do. The year? May. May. Mm-hmm. All right, and those will be. I know they'll. I guess they'll post those on all the social media stuff. I, th- I think so. Yep. Yep. And then. Um, I guess, I mean, I'm really excited to see. Course will be in October again. Still at the FTW range. Heck yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Great guys out there. Yeah, it looks cool. And, and like, I guess the, seeing some of the pictures of, of y'all out there doing the firearm tricks. I know some other people have been to that ranch and mm-hmm. been through some of the stuff they do. And they're like, man, it's it's unreal. Like, the people, the instructors just are so knowledgeable. It and is when when I was reading over everything, all the information that Renee had sent us, and it talks about, oh, you'll be trained by ex-special ops guys, I was really nervous. Like, do they want some, a woman with no training? They want, they want to teach us? And I asked one of the instructors, Doug, uh, he, d- he did sniper school, trained sniper school for a long time, and I said, why, why would you want to train and work with 12 women hunters when yeah. this course comes in he said because none of y'all have that type a personality and you actually listen yeah and i was like oh okay <laughs> cool he said it's just a different pace different vibe but yeah and i get it i get it and when i got when i got into hunting um i i i never shot a gun growing up and so I it didn't was either. all new to me and i was mm-hmm. like uh, it's like, you know, it's like, I don't know if I'm scared of this thing or, or just apprehensive about the recoil or, I or what, you know, yeah. and, and um, I, I picked it up pretty quick. I'm not the best in the world for, by any means, but I'm, I'm very comfortable with, with shooting um, rifles and stuff now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, the kids getting into it and man, both my kids just, I mean, they're freaking 
aces on the gun, you know, at the range. And my daughter just got to harvest her first animal this nice. past season. And, and my boy's, like, pacing to go to try to, to try to hunt, you know, since his big sister got to, to take something already. So, like, patience. Right. It's like, it's like she, she just turned nine. So, I mean, you're six now. So, um, we'll probably try to start with a pig or something, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. we can hunt throughout the year on and stuff. So, I'm really looking forward to that. So, yeah, you're doing a good job. Well, hopefully, hopefully they'll um, continue that down the path and we'll get burned out on it and, and be able to bring some of their friends that may not have that opportunity in. So, um, you know, we're, we're starting to get more active with um, our NWTF chapter again after COVID and stuff. And so um, I'm going to get with you on some of the stuff that we're going to be doing and try to get you involved with that and, Please do. and stuff. And maybe you can help bring some more kids from over on your side of Houston into the fold with us. So um, that would be awesome. And there's so many avenues. It's, it's not just about big game or turkeys or all conservation. Like it's so intertwined I'm seeing now. Yeah. And I just, like I said, I am hungry for all the information and I want to shout it from the rooftops. Yeah. It's um, the uh, outdoors industry world. It seems really big, but it's, 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 I mean, there's a lot of people yeah. involved in it, um, but everybody kind of knows each other from one way or another. And it's cool to, to kind of get in that and 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 you see it on both the hunting and the fishing side yeah you know so it's um, really not as intimidating and i haven't met anybody who's been standoffish or unpleasant i'm sure they're in every group oh, there's, there's a bad yeah. egg or two but it's yeah. everybody's been welcoming well it's nice to know people like chester because he knows everybody yeah so <laughs> I thank Chester for my invite, and I still I I text him before I came, and I said, "Are you sure people are going to want to talk to me?" Like, I don't really know that much, and I'm going to be sitting among people who are like well versed and have been doing this for a long time. And he's like, "Of course, you'll do fine." I'm like, oh, "Okay, a little bit imposter syndrome." So, <laughs> well, it's been it's been cool um, seeing this group of people here this year, and, and uh, I mean, we're still just on the second day here, but um, you know, is there? Is there anything you wanna you wanna say towards you know it's been so cool to see um, women getting into the outdoor sports more more now recently I think it's been going on for a long time but you know I've got some friends that are that are big social media influencers mm-hmm. that are women and they do such an awesome job and it's so cool to get to meet you and see your passion and what you're doing but like still in your opinion like what are some of the um, things holding people back from getting involved. I think when it comes to the women's side, I think it's intimidation a lot. Um, and I know Chester spoke about it last night, giving time mm-hmm. and time is love. And I think that plays a big, huge role because I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to do. Like I had yeah. friends that hunted, but do I really want to ask them? Like that's their time. That's, you know, they're not going to want to take me along, but I think, people being more open to bringing people under their wing and, and helping them and showing them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a big part of it. And, um, at sheep show, the Artemis award winner this year, she was the youngest lady to receive the award and in her acceptance speech, her thank you, she said, and take your daughter's hunting. And I think that is huge. Cause I didn't grow up hunting. Yeah. Um, I wish I would have started when I was knee high to a grasshopper and had all this experience under my belt, but, I'm just soaking in the information I get now and hungry to learn and the connection and 
there's so much disconnect with as much as I hate social media, but it is such a great platform. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are on their electronics and indoors and not taking time to enjoy things outside. Yep. I don't know if that answered your question. I it's, feel like I went off on a tangent. Well, social media is such a double-edged sword, but I mean, you're right. I mean, that's that's got in, in the last three years are a perfect example of um, people being so isolated and trying to find avenues to get out of their get house. Get out and do something, and yeah. And man, with my charter business, like when 2020, when, when everything stopped, everything stopped. I mean, it was fishing industry in general just shut down like mm-hmm. there were people losing their jobs mm-hmm. and just everything was cratering and then i don't know what happened but like it's like may 15th like people realized you know it's like we don't have to stay in our house we don't have to yeah we can get out and do something as a family and not be around a bunch of people and my phone it never stopped ringing all the way through christmas like yeah. it was it was insane i've never seen anything like that the industry never seen anything like that sales for everything I was gonna say, started going bike through the sales roof. like went through the you roof find it. you'd walk into academies and the whole store was freaking empty yep you know and there's still i mean we're still facing some of the some of that stuff now because of all the demand but i mean boats rvs tents bicycles mm-hmm. fishing tackle mm-hmm. hunting gear everything was at an all-time high record of sales and and license sales were shooting through the roof and and um, I'll never forget um, in was it 20, 2020 or 2021, um, it was during the late turkey season. I think it was during 2020. We were over in uh, East Texas at an undisclosed location uh, <laughs> turkey hunting, me and my buddy Terrence Jackson, and um, going in some public land and uh, come back out that night and there's a truck parked up there by truck and it's east texas you're like Uh, who's this uh it's like i've seen other people there before it's not like they can't be in there but i was like you got i'm always a little careful and we come back with truck and there's two young guys and uh, they were setting up camp and they were going to go turkey hunting the next day and we got talking to them and it's like man it's like so i'm like naturally like i said so what made y'all decide they never turkey hunted before and they're like man it's like we're stuck at home looking for something to do yeah and probably um, watch the youtube video so exactly <laughs> oh, so i'm sitting here and i'm like well like how did y'all learn i mean what what you even need is like well i've told this story on another show and i was like oh we were watching a uh, a show on pbs and this guy was talking about turkey hunting and how he loves hunting over, over in east texas and this and that and so we just kind of started looking into what we we're doing and i was like what show were you watching and um it's like and it was dark outside, right? Uh-huh. So it's like 8 o'clock at night. And uh, they described the show, and I was like, I shined my light over on my buddy. I was like, was it this guy? And they were like, oh, my God. That was, yeah, that was you. And I was like, I knew it. What a coincidence. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he had done a show for the Parks and Wildlife Department on getting into turkey hunting uh-huh. and stuff. And that was what they seen, which sparked their interest in coming over here and we end up running into them that's pretty at wild the gate of yeah. the public in the national forest and i was just like man this is this is crazy like, what are the odds though it's like yeah it's like look what you, look what you've done terrence like you started a whole nother thing for these guys that's pretty cool yeah you know and it's like i don't want any more pressure on where i'm hunting you know so looking at it that way but it's also cool to see like somebody getting in a sport that a year ago never even thought about it yeah you know and um and I, 
tremendous kudos to you and to Renee and Wild Sheep Foundation and the Women Hunt Program for doing this because I think that Wild. is exactly what that program's doing. It's sparking this interest in yeah. in giving people an opportunity that they may never ever had. Nope. And if you've talked to Gray, he talks about relevance, impact, and virility. And it's it's relevant what the Women Hunt program is doing and it's mm-hmm. making an impact. And because Renee had the tenacity and drive to find out how to hunt on her own yep. and brainstormed this program because of her saying, I'm going to do it, getting out of her comfort zone and pushing forward. I'm here. And I I had a conversation with her right before I came down here to the summit. And I said, I think about that so often. And Mm -hmm. I am so grateful for you because you got out of your comfort zone. I said, I keep that in the back of my mind because I I really like my comfort zone. It's real comfortable. It's nice. Everybody likes their comfort zone. And so applying for the program was one step out of my comfort zone. This would be number two. Yeah. Attending a podcast summit. That's cool. <laughs> well, we're glad you're here. Thanks. Um, and I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I know you got a lot going on right now. So pumped. Helping out with the rodeo and, and back in Houston. And got and, all uh, my shifts done. Go and, rodeo. Yeah, and um, and stuff. So, um, but I look forward to this. We're going to be doing some roundtables later. Yeah, gonna be a I'm part excited of. about and, that. And um, I think it's a. Uh, I think it's almost lunchtime, so we're going to jump off here and and go get some grub before we start round two this afternoon. So. Yeah, I'm going to eat really fast so I can go over to the pond and fish. Yes, the it's slowly warming up. Today. I got to teach y'all men how to do it. It's a yeah. Well, <laughs> mine was like six <laughs> inches long yesterday. The only fish I caught. So I caught one. The, baby. Everybody else is catching like five and six pounders. Got to so. go talk to the ranch fairy. I'll be back. Yeah, he's the one to follow around over there. So, um, all right, cat. Well, it's good talking to you. Pleasure. And, thanks um, for having me. Thanks and and. And can people follow you on social? Oh, absolutely. Where, where can they follow you at? Uh, I do a lot. Most of my my greatest work is on Instagram. She's like Texas.cat. Um, nice. And if they have any questions about the Women Hunt Program or, or the Well Sheep, I can't answer that many questions about that. But if they have questions about any of it, I'll be more than happy to answer or direct how I can. And if they're in Houston and want to figure out how we can find some public land and hunt together and build a good womanhood, I'm all about it. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much for being on. Thanks. All right, appreciate it. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's show. I want to thank Cat Hunter for being a part of this year's Hunt Fish Podcast Summit. It was great having her on and, and getting her out there to spread the message of the Women Hunt Program and just all the great things she's been able to do here in the last couple of years. And, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. So we'll uh, we'll have uh, several different links in the show notes you can click on to go back and listen to Renee Thornton's episode from last year and a link directly to the Women Hunt Program so you can check out more about that. Make sure you go and like that page on Facebook and Instagram. They put out a lot of great content, and it's really cool getting to watch um, some of the things that they're getting to do. So um, please make sure you follow along with us on social. We've got our YouTube channel for Impact Outdoors and the Huntfish Podcast channel. So we're putting out a lot of great content on that channel and uh, a lot of good videos coming up here with the roundtables and everything. So really appreciate all that and can't wait to get the next episode out to you. So until then, hope you have a good one.